What's up, family? Welcome to Speak. If it's your first time, we're just glad to have you. I'm Emmanuel Acho. That's NFL insider Dave Hellman, the one and only Joy Taylor and Eagles all-time rushing leader, LaShawn Shady McCoy. <laughs> He's been acting up. He the bad kid on set. Anyway, I don't know if y'all heard this or realized it, but the Dallas Cowboys, they have a problem. They got a huge problem, an Ezekiel Elliott problem. See, the running back has taken entirely too many carries from the guy to his left, Tony Pollard. Now think about it. When I saw this post on Instagram, it really made me raise my eyebrows. Because you got to start showing excessive love to your guys. Love you've never shown publicly before when you ain't showing numbers. Now, what do I mean by showing numbers? Tony Pollard, the person who should be getting carries, y'all want to know how good he is? He's top five all time when it comes to yards per carry good. That's how good Tony Pollard is. And I'm talking behind guys like Bo Jackson, Jamal Charles, we're ahead of guys like Jim Brown. But let's not talk about all time. Let's talk about right here and now the season. How good is Tony Pollard? He leads the National Football League in yards per carry. Meanwhile, Zeke Elliott, the starter, 32nd in the league. He's barely starting for the worst team in football statistically. So as I look at it, the Cowboys have an issue. Not Houston, we have a problem. Dallas, we got a problem. But 2-5, two 2-5, two I'm mad you robbed me of my handshake, big dog. I'm mad. I never had a handshake growing up. You yeah. know what I'm saying? That wasn't one of my things I did in the Acho household. Like, this is my first, you know, I, teach, I teach guys. My first, you know, handshake moments. Anyway, let's focus on the task at hand. Do the Cowboys have a Zeke Elliott problem? I got to be honest. That jacket is crazy. That joint fire. I don't know who put that together. It's nice of me to let him win one week, right? That's true. <laughs> that thing, that, actually that has, thing has fire. That's later a nice jacket. <laughs> okay, back to business. Back Sorry, to business. Back, yeah, back to business. I'm the bad kid. Um, you know what? Is it a problem? No. I think it's a great problem to have for Dallas. Man, being that I'm an Eagles guy, right, I love my birds, I got to be honest, that's a great problem to have. I think Pollard is definitely the most explosive running back on that team. He's actually probably the, the best offensive weapon on the team. Point. So if I'm Dallas, if I'm Jerry Jones, yeah, I, I would make Zeke the starter. He's making $12 million a year, something like that. So, yes, he probably should start. But he shouldn't get majority of the carries. I think that we should have – a situation where, or not Pollard, Zeke, Zeke comes in the game, right? He beats it up, Pauls, right? I think he's big, strong back, mm-hmm. starts the game off. And then as the, as the game goes on, about third quarter, we, fourth quarter, we see a lot more of Pollard. So it's not a bad problem to have. Joy, where you at? Do the Cowboys have a Zeke problem? I agree with you, Shady. It's a good problem to have, but what do problems need? Solutions. Mm, okay. And because it's Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys, they're not going to solve this. They're not going to fix it. I don't think that Zeke shouldn't start or not play. I mean, he's getting 15.6 carries per game this season. Tony Pollard is getting 10.1. Ah, Just flip that. Yeah. There you go. It's solved. We're getting caught up in the money here, which I think is a very silly thing to look at. Now, I'm not writing this check. We're not writing this check, so maybe it's easier for us to say that. But you're paying Zeke regardless. You're not like, paying him more if you play him less. Right, right, the money right, is right. spent already. Spent, yeah, so yeah. why don't we just shift our mentality just the slightest, but just rotate just a little bit to focusing on winning and not business mm. for one second. But that's not what the Cowboys are going to do because winning would constitute what you're saying is, sure, Zeke should start yeah. and Tony should get the bulk of the carries. Right. We were really saying this before the season started. So it's not a huge reveal. Yeah. We just really got to see it last week because Zeke was out. Tony is the better running back right now. That doesn't mean that Zeke is terrible, but there needs to be more of a balance here, and the shift needs to move towards Tony. So perfectly well said, Joy Taylor. I really appreciate that because, no, the Cowboys don't have an Ezekiel Elliott problem. The Cowboys have a Cowboys problem, and that's on, it's twofold. There's two reasons you can say that. One – the popularity that they carry creates its own issues. They're not playing this week. They have a bye week. You got to find a way to talk about the Cowboys. We're, we're doing it like we're guilty, too. We're here talking about a team that's not playing this weekend because of the interest that the Cowboys drive. So that's problem number one. It is what it is. That is That goes with the territory of playing in Dallas. You just got to get over it. Number two, though, the Cowboys feed into this stuff because what did Jerry Jones say in the literal aftermath of that game against Chicago, like the players weren't even out of their uniforms. And Jerry Jones is telling the media, we go as Zeke goes. <laughs> what does that even mean? You just had your best offensive day of the year without him. And I don't mean to knock uh, on Zeke. And actually, I take issue with one thing you said. Zeke Elliott 
You can criticize him for a lot of things. He's always been a wonderful teammate. Like, I've never heard a bad word about that guy being like a diva or really caring about his carries. Going all the way back to when Lance Dunbar and Alfred Morris were on the team, he was a good teammate to them. He's been nothing but great to Tony P. celebration is predicated on his carries. So you know he cares about his carries. I mean, okay, I get your point, and obviously running backs want to carry the ball. My point is, like, he's always been supportive of his yes, guys, very true. especially very other true. running backs. Like, yes, he's always been that guy. So there's that. But, yeah, it, it is worth noting he's accounting for $90 million. And, yes, I think there to some degree is an element within the Cowboys organization of – we're paying this guy way too much money to not be the leading carrier. You hear it? It's similar with what they've said about Dak. Is like, well, when your quarterback accounts for that much of the pie, what else can you do but not spend money on other people? Like, there is this thing within the Cowboys where they're like, if we're giving you all this money, we want production out of you. It doesn't necessarily <laughs> matter that Tony Pollard is a better ball carrier right now. Here, though, is why I think they got a Zeke problem, everybody, is because too much of anything is a bad thing. And the Cowboys just got too much Zeke in the lineup. Tony Pollard's career high for touches was 15. We saw that last game. Okay. Joy brought up a good point. I hadn't thought of it until she said it. Zeke averages 15.6 uh, touches a game. Okay. Tony Pollard's season high is 15. So you average more than my high. It makes no sense. Keep in mind, Zeke hasn't had as many yards in a game as Tony Pollard has since I believe the 2020 or 2019 season. The reason I say the Cowboys have a Zeke problem is, as a defender, anytime I see Zeke on the football field, I'm breathing a sigh of relief. It's like, oh, thank God I ain't got to deal with him. Like, I've been in situations before, two running back situations, training camp. If I'm looking at Shady versus if I'm looking at, and these are my guys, Chris Polk, Bryce Brown, it's different. If I'm looking at Darren Sproles, I'm like, oh, man, he might run an angle. He might run a wheel. What if I have him in man coverage? What if he motions out to wide receiver? I don't have those fears with Zeke. Zeke, do whatever you want. Whatever you do, I'm not worried about it. But Tony Pollard, you can scare me in so many different ways. Every time Zeke is on the field, the Cowboys are less lethal. That's why I think they have a problem. I need you to speak to that. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. Um, I mean, this is different running backs. Me, yeah. Bryce Brown, et cetera. That was a great point. Well said. But, like, if you watch the Cowboys now, I mean, they're, they're not doing bad. They're winning games, yeah. right? So, I think you go as the system takes you. And, and I see what Jerry said. Jerry said, hey, we'll go as Zeke takes us. So, I get what he's saying. I think he's being loyal. We all know that, that Dax and Dak and Zeke, those were his guys. Mm-hmm. So, we, you can have, I think, Zeke as the, the number one. But that doesn't mean that he's got to carry you. Who can carry you is Pollard. We've seen that. When you watch the tape, this is the thing about running backs. When I, all players, we put that tape on, we're all together. You see it, I see it. I see you, you get a, you get a carry, your best run might be five yards. My best carry is going to be 35, 40 yards. So when the coach says, hey, listen, Zeke, you'll start it. Pollard, you'll come in and you'll kind of finish it. Zeke won't be mad with that because he sees the tape. You get what I'm saying? Not only that, I think Zeke has, A, made his money. Let's be honest. He's got a lot of it. That helps out, too. And B, like, I think Zeke, I think Zeke legitimately cares about being on a winning team. Like, I don't think Zeke needs to be the 100 yards per game guy. He's been that guy. If anything, Zeke is smart enough to know, not that, like, I'm not saying that it's definitely over in Dallas for him, but he's smart enough to know that that's a conversation. Exactly. He's smart enough to know, like, my guarantees are up. There's no telling what happens after this. Tony's my guy. We can do this together. I don't think he has a problem with that. And for that matter, you're right. The, the one thing the Cowboys can't do, because Joy said it herself, the average this year is 16 carries per game for Zeke and 10 for Tony. That's not that crazy. And if you can bring it a little bit closer, I don't even care. Like, if Zeke is averaging 14 a game and Pollard's at 12, is that the end of the day? Like, yeah. or the yeah. end of the world, I mean? Yes, like, yes. No, so I, I think that's fine, but, honestly. Because when we, when we get to – that's cool right now. We get to the playoffs, every drive, every snap counts. Yeah. So, for example, you'll have a game where – you might only get four big holes in this whole game. I need Tony Pollard to get all of them. So if Zeke is in there getting them 16 carries to my 10, right, and, 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 and out of them 16, he gets four of them big holes, and he only gets 10 yards or 12 yards, hold on, compared to if Tony Pollard gets in there with them, two of them, them, them four big holes, they might be six. They might be home run hitters. That's the difference. Tony Pollard got 131 and three off of 14 carries last week. It's not going to be that great every single time. But, again, like, he can be so effective getting a dozen carries. Like, 
It would be great if you could get him 20, but I don't think he needs 20 to be successful, I guess is my point. And that's why I don't think I'm sweating. Joy, speak much. to this, because you brought up the fact <clears throat> that Jerry Jones is paying Zeke so much money, he almost has to start Zeke. Do you take issue with that, or is it like, hey, business is business. The guy who you play, you got to play. The guy who you pay, you got to play. Where do you stand on, yo, he making 90, so keep riding with him. He's selling jerseys. You understand the business of it all. Oh, yeah. I mean, if again, if you're in the NFL business to be in business and make money and be the biggest brand, then sure. If you're a contender, then no. And there's a difference. And this is why the Cowboys, in my opinion, for the last 25 years, have run into the same thing year after year after year. Because they are an outlier franchise. We don't talk about owner quotes about players after games for any other team except for the Dallas Cowboys. We have been normalized <laughs> to Jerry Jones. Sure we do. enjoy it. It's good for us, but it's not good for winning. Why do I know that? I don't know. I have 25 years of evidence. That's a pretty good sample size. So if you're concerned about pay playing the guy you pay more, more, then you are concerned about money. If you're concerned about winning games, then you, pay, you play the guy who will help you win. And other organizations don't have that problem to this level, and particularly with this position. And particularly in this situation, Zeke's money is up next year. You already paid him. I could see if Zeke had two or three more years left on his deal and you just have what feels like a, you know, an outlier with Tony and you don't want to make that switch or mess up confidence or mess up the flow of the team or whatever. That's not the situation here. We have evidence that Tony's the better runner right now and you've already paid Zeke. It doesn't matter. You're not getting your money back and you're not paying him more. So just go with the guy that's going to help you win. But that's not how the Dallas Cowboys do business. I got two questions fascinating for me. I'm coming to you, Shady, then I'm coming to you, Dave. The first one is this. Shady, as I'm watching the game, I'm thinking to myself, yo, these fans at home, they want to make it all kumbaya. Zeke posts about Tony Pollard. Look at the camaraderie. I've been a player. I get it. Shady, take me into the mind of Tony Pollard. Okay. His cell phone is blowing up. Moms, pops, former college teammates, yeah. cousins and them. Hey, big dog, you know you should be getting more carries, man. Yeah. Even if Tony wants to deny it, okay. his phone is ringing. Yours probably was when Brian Westbrook was a starter and Brian Westbrook was a beast, yeah, was but a beast. you were the backup. Yeah. I'm sure people were hitting your line like, hey, 2-5, you know you should be out there more. How is that playing into your psyche? How is that playing into Tony Pollard's psyche right now? Well, first of all, George talked about the, the money part. Every team goes to that, right? Like, it's not just the Cowboys, the Eagles, everybody. At the time, Brian was making about like $7 million. I was making about what? 700000 man. Yeah, yeah, even if that. So it's like he's going to play. They're paying him. If it's this year, if it's years ahead, the money guy is going to play. But that doesn't mean that I can't get my own carry. Any jealousy, any envy, nah, any you, thoughts you know, I want to get mine? I, I would say this. I think that like a guy like Pollard, and when you watch him play, he knows his money's coming. Mm -hmm. He knows he's going to get a big contract. So, yeah, Zeke is playing, right? But he's also playing, too. And I think he knows that when they need plays, he's going to be in the game. Because I watched a couple games this year where they got in the fourth quarter, he was in he was the backfield. So he's not worried about it. He's not jealous. Dave, make this make sense for the entire audience. The Cowboys played Dak Prescott, a fourth-round pick, over the beloved Tony Romo, who Jerry Jones loved and fell into as well. Tony Romo, one of the heroes in Dallas. Well, now you have Tony Pollard, I believe a fourth-round pick, Zeke, a former first-round pick who Jerry Jones loves. Obviously, for other reasons, Jerry was willing to move off of Tony Romo, even though Tony Romo came back and was healthier, and because Dak showed he was better. Why won't Jerry Jones move off of Zeke for Tony? That's why I just can't get hyped about this whole argument. It, like, I mean, you can't compare those two positions. Like, it's the biggest cliche in football if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Like, you've got one guy who's supposed to touch the ball every snap. Name a running back outside of Derrick Henry who does everything for his offense. I looked this up. Even Nick Chubb is only averaging 19 carries a game. Most people would agree he's the or one of the two or three best running backs in football. It's just not the way the league works these days. Like, you need two or three of these guys. That's why I think this all balances out in the end. The one thing I'll say they have a bye week. If they move forward into the second half of the season without Tony Pollard getting a noticeably larger share of the workload, yeah. then something's weird. Like, right. it's fine. Of course you want to find carries and touches for Zeke. He's still on the team. You need running backs. But if we don't see a noticeable difference in this moving forward, like if we're seeing games where Tony's touching the ball five, six, seven times, that's a problem. Right. Why does Jerry have a say in how many carries he gets? <laughs> He runs the team. We would know. He signs the checks. This is not normal. Can we just? Nothing about the Cowboys is normal. Am I the only one who's like, why are we not saying Mike McCarthy's name? Nope. 
Um, I mean, I guess I've just been that's in that a, bubble point, for way right, too right. long. That's a good point. Who's the coach? Like this. Exactly. That's, uh, that's a great point. <laughs> Speaking of situations that are not normal, how about firing your coach seven games into a season? That's what happened in Brooklyn. Steve Nash, he's out of there. But the question is, can KD and Kyrie turn around the dysfunction in Brooklyn? That's next. Speak. Give Jerry the headset. <laughs> Yo, welcome in, family. We all live two lives. Y'all know this, so let's check in on our social life. Tampa Bay Bucks running back Leonard Fournette, he leaves the sushi server a $1,000 tip. You love to see it. We always talk about the bad that players are doing, but how about that? A $1,000 tip on an $85 bill. Shady, that's your former teammate. That's your former teammate. This is what he about. He owe me money. <laughs> he owes me money. All this $1,000, I need my money. I'm going to text him later. Like, Yo, I see you giving money out there, everybody, which is cool. I need my money. Yo, there is nothing worse than when you see somebody who owe you money living lavishly. Okay. Like, I don't want to see you eating now. You owe me no, money. I, I don't want to see you smile. I don't want to see nothing. Real, real okay. The, the server at the sushi restaurant probably needs the money more than you two. I mean, come principle. on. It's, it's the principle. Yeah, the principle. Yeah, principle. The principle. Whatever. Good job. They don't need to you know, good tipper, Lenny. Good job. Which good is, job, Lenny. Now, Shady, nice thing to do, I do say. recall you had a tipping incident of your oh. own in Philly. Oh, you've been messy. But listen, <laughs> in Philadelphia, first of all, we had this burger shop. Nice place. I heard a lot about it. So I go there. Me and like four or five people, right? And we're waiting forever to get service. I'm like, dang. I get the, the, uh, the person like, hey, we're waiting, et cetera. So they finally see this. They take her order. We're like 20 minutes go by, go past. I'm like, yo, where the food at? So one of, one of my, my guests go over and ask him where the food is. Oh, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I didn't put your order in. Now, before they took my order, I, at the time, it was almost uh, towards camp. Yep. So I was a little heavy. I was trying to watch my weight. So I said, do you guys have turkey burgers? They're like, oh, we don't have turkey burgers. Making it like an issue. I said, what type of bread do you have? Wheat bread? So that was like an issue about the bread they had. They didn't have that. So when they finally brought my burger out, they brought me one bun. So now they, oh, so y'all playing with me now. Cool. <laughs> so they didn't, know, they didn't know who I was. So what I did was, my boy was going to pay for it. I said, no, don't pay for it. I got it. I put my credit card down so you know who my name is, so you know who I am. Mm. I left him a 25 cent. 25 per cent. 25 yeah. per cent. Yeah. Or yes. like 25 cent. 25, no, 25 cent. A 20, quarter. A quarter. Yes, a, a coin. coin. One coin. Yes. Pay the bill, 25, boom, cents. How big was the bill? 25 pennies. Okay. Now, watch this, though. The bill was like, I don't know, like 100 bucks, not a lot. But I want to prove a point. As I'm walking out, people say, hey, can I take a picture? So when they seen it, they like, oh. Then they start being nice to me. Hey, they how mess you doing? with the wrong but that's guy. That's the problem with you gotta treat people with respect no matter who it is. Oh, and by the way, Charlie Sheen, yeah, you. I didn't get over that. He was going through a whole bunch of crazy stuff. So when it came on Twitter, he tried to jump up and name drop. Oh, LaShawn McCoy left that bad tip. I I'll pay for it. You know, I'll send you some money. I'm like this guy, clown. Anyway, that, it's taking me back. That Let me relax. That brought, that brought back <laughs> that some memories. Yeah, it did, y'all. Because that was corny what he did. Trying to jump on my case. To, did you leave? You have, you have been holding on to that. Yeah. yeah. This years ago. Time. I got one question. I have one question, one question only. Let it go. Did you leave a 25-cent tip because you wore a jersey 25? Like, at least then it oh, would that, be. That's smooth. I can lie and say, yeah. No, no, no. This can to me. 25 cents. Okay, well, hopefully what comes to the Brooklyn Nets is some good fortune and good favor because thus far, it's been all bad. Steve Nash, fired. They part ways. Kevin Durant said he was, quote, shocked by the Steve Nash departure and things did not get better on the court. Brooklyn lost to the Bulls last night. KD had 33. Oh, yes, he did. But Kyrie only had four points. Nets are now two and six. Excuse me, KD had 32. If you're watching, I did not mean to give you too many points, KD. Um, Joy, coming to you first because this is a question that everybody's asking and the world needs an answer to. Can Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving turn this Nets around? Do you trust them too? No. They can't. But no players individually can turn an organization around unless your name is LeBron James. LeBron James. going to the Brooklyn Nets. No. You have to have structure within an organization in order to be successful <clears throat> in the NBA. I know everyone tries to resist this. I know it's boring. I know it's very curmudgeon that you got to work hard and do the right thing and <laughs> practice and listen to the coach. But... All of the evidence points to, I'm right. And, and I like evidence. I like facts. I like real things that I can like, read and experience and see and say this is happening. And it's, it's not all on Kyrie and KD. They need to buy in to whoever the coach is going to be. They need to respect him. 
and do what he asks them to do. That never happened with Steve Nash. It didn't happen from the very beginning. And part of that might have been Steve Nash was unqualified. He, he was never an assistant coach. And as you guys know, because you played in the league, the NFL obviously, being a coach is not just showing up to work, drawing up plays, and changing the lineup. Right. There are so many responsibilities to being a head coach. There's staff. There's scouts. There's understanding who your next opponent is. There's making sure guys are getting rest. There's checking in with the, the trainers to see who's healthy. There's a whole constant moving amoeba of an organization. And players have to listen to what the coach is saying. Like, coaching matters. You're seeing that in the NBA. Defense matters. All these things that we pay attention to and highlights and all that, that's all fun, but it doesn't translate to winning. And the way that Kyrie and KD have been running the Brooklyn Nets has not been successful. It hasn't. They had championship expectations, and that's fair for those two players. So in order for them to be successful, or have any chance of being successful, they need to buy in. And that's going to be on them. 2-5, can KD Kyrie turn it around? I don't think so, right? Not just by themselves. And they're great talents. I think anyone would love to coach, coach them two players, but they need a coach. It has to be the right coach. I think a coach that you can respect. We talked about LeBron James, but even when LeBron went to, going back to the Cavs, right, they won when they got the right coach in Tyloo. They made that happen. So I just feel like they, they, you got to have the right coach to coach these guys. I watched the game last night. They were doing very well. Played well the whole game, right, with Kyrie then. But KD was balling, balling. But then it's so many turnovers. Why is there so many turnovers? All the attention's on him. There's no ball movement. There's no, there's no movement in the offense. So I just think that they need the right coach to really get this thing going. And the coach superstars, we talked about the other day from, from Shaq to, and Kobe having failed at Jordan. Like, you need great coaching or at least good enough coaching to control these type of star players. The real reason I'm, I, I think they can't turn it around is for this, and I love everything y'all said about coaching, but – KD does not want to be a leader. Kyrie does not want to be a leader. That is fine. But if you don't want to be a leader, you have to be willing to be led. And they don't want to be a leader, and they don't want to be willing to be led. So now they just rebels without a cause and a purpose. Just rebels with a basketball in their hands. I'm really thinking about it. A problem can't fix a problem. And KD and Kyrie on the court, or off the court at least, problems. And then they're trying to fix a problem. I don't see how it happens. So if you're not willing to be a leader, you have to be willing to be led. Neither of them are willing to be leaders, and neither of them are willing to be led, regardless in my mind of who that coach is. But Dave Hellman, what do you think? Do you trust KD and Kyrie to turn it around? On top of all of that, like first of all, I mean, like I said yesterday, I spend all my time with the Nets just waiting on the next mess. So like there's that. There's not being able to trust these two. I trust KD a little bit more than Kyrie. He's one of the three best players on the planet for my money. But, like, th- these are the guys that said they didn't need a coach, right? These are the, so if they don't need a coach, how much am I really supposed to buy that the right coach is going to turn everything around? In addition to the fact that, like, I just don't buy that the Nets have the firepower to make a real push in the Eastern Conference. Like, Ben Simmons is the number three, right? Like, he's the number. Um, does anybody buy that? You, Shady, you follow the Sixers. Yeah, he's kind of. I've followed Ben Simmons' career since LSU. Like, I'm not buying that for a minute. We got to hold up. So, like, like we are talking about KD and Kyrie. So, Mm -hmm. with that, and then even Ben on the defense, six ten point guard that that could defend, right? Push the pace of offense of a game. They have talent. I just think they need the right coach. I'm not saying that Kevin Durant and KD can't get it done. That's what I'm not saying that. And I think they can lead. Like, I think that's where we're wrong. We're, we're, we're both on, the, on different paths with this. They, I think KD can be a leader. He doesn't want to be. Remember, I, he went I, back to Golden State and he didn't want to be a I, leader. I don't know what that means. Sorry, I don't know what that means. What do you mean what he want to be? I just know this. I know that with Kevin Durant driving the bus, because he drove the bus for the Warriors. You know, that's my squad. I keep it real. I love he Clay. The most I, love, I love Clay. And I he love scored Steph. the most points. But no, 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 no. He drove that bus. Let's not get points. crazy. He scored the most points. MVP of the finals for a reason. Twice. Because Steph Curry allowed him to be. I'll say this. If they have the right coach... With that type of talent, yes, they can definitely do a lot of noise in the East, and they definitely can go to the finals. I think the talent's overrated, though, Joy. I think the talent's overrated. Not talking about KD, but talking about Kyrie. Uh, yeah, we always qualify Kyrie Irving. We never just say Kyrie's one of the greatest basketball players of all time. We don't say that. Man, Kyrie, one of the greatest finishers at the rim ever. Kyrie got some of the best handles we've ever seen. We never just talk about Kyrie Irving as a basketball player. We qualify Kyrie Irving. But the game of basketball isn't predicated upon who is the greatest finisher at the rim. 
Not who got the greatest handles. Not who's the greatest small scoring guard. Why does it? We Kyrie's game is overrated. The the, the Celtics were better when Kyrie left. The Nets are better when Kyrie's not on the court. His game, as it pertains to winning, is overrated. So I just can't rock what you want. How talented the the Brooklyn Nets are. If they were that talented, in my mind, we would have seen more W's from them. The furthest they've gone is the semifinals, and my guy Giannis who go on to Tacumpo knocked them out. But Joy, where do you stand in regards to the talent of it all? Can the talent overcome the other things? No, because that's a fantasy. It's not real. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna actually reveal something that's that's fairly terrifying. I found it online on on the records, right? For the past 10 years. Again, I like sample sizes, right? I'm a little bit of a nerd. I'm a doctor. What can I say? (laughs) You go back the last 10 years of champions, not people that made it to the finals, people that won championships. Oh, I'm falling apart. Sorry, guys. (laughs) Hearing fell out. Won championships. Last 10 years. Golden State Warriors. Dynasty. Milwaukee Bucks. One of the best run organizations in sports with the best player in the league, right? (laughs) The Los Angeles Lakers. With who? LeBron James. And, by the way, uh, Frank Vogel, a coach that had coached for quite some time. The Toronto Raptors, great culture, great coaching, great ownership, great role players, right? And added Kawhi Leonard at the time was mm-hmm. the best player in that the league. Dude. Let's see. Who's after that? Two straight Golden State Warriors wins. Then we have the Cleveland Cavaliers with who? LeBron, LeBron James. James. And Ty Lue, who had been an assistant for five years before he took over as the head coach. Mm-hmm. Then you have the Golden State Warriors, the San Antonio Spurs, and two Miami Heat teams coached by Eric Spolstra and run by Pat Riley. So the evidence would tell you if you don't have, at the very least, a great coach and talent, culture bonus, or you have talent, LeBron James, a great coach, and then LeBron James can compensate for your not having a culture in Cleveland and in Los Angeles. And I would even argue that Los Angeles, despite the fact that they're a little dysfunctional, wins championships. They got 16 of them. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no evidence that talent alone or mediocre coaching and certainly bad culture is going to win you a championship over the last 10 years. And I didn't even bother to go back 20, but it's further than that. There's no evidence that if you don't have one of those two pillars that you're going to win a championship. So why do we keep pretending that these conglomerates of talents that may not play well together, that haven't showed the ability to work well with other people, who haven't shown the ability to elevate organizations in Kyrie, Mm-hmm. that they can somehow just get together, not need coaching, not need culture, and they're going to win a championship. The answer is it's not going to happen because it's never happened. And we play into this, we feed into this because it's a train wreck. We all love a train wreck, but after you watch a train wreck a couple times, you kind of start to feel bad about yourself, right? Like, why am I watching this? this <laughs> a, it feels a little wrong, right? It's a great analogy. This is the point. You are what you habitually do. The Nets are habitual line steppers. And they're not going to change because they're not going to change the culture and they're not going to change the talent. And the coaching will have to overcome all of that. Because we're only talking about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. What about the rest of the roster? You need role players to win. I know I'm falling apart. Sorry, that was the background. <laughs> of my head. You need role players to win. Exactly. The Golden State Warriors aren't just Steph Curry and Draymond. Where do you think Jordan Poole came from? Yeah. They drafted him. They developed him. They have great coaching. They have a great culture. When they have noise going on in the building, they solve it. They have a Hall of Fame coach who demands respect from the players. The players follow, even though they're the best, <clears throat> best players in the league, greatest shooters of all time, and Steph Curry. This isn't a secret. I'm not revealing anything here. The evidence is right there. Mm. Incredibly well said. We will have more on who should and who might be coaching the Nets, depending on what we've been heard, what we've hearing. We got Joy, get it together. But coming up, (laughs) Jalen Hurts, star quarterback for the Eagles. He has a lot to smile about, but has his 7-0 start earned him a mega contract extension? That's what people are saying. Come back to find out our thoughts next on Speak. Hopefully Joy will have herself together by then. (laughs) Shady, talk to me, big dog. What happened last night? First of all, what's the Eagles record? 7-0. That's what the score was last night. It was a blowout. We dominate them boys, man. Listen, every time I went to use the bathroom, it was a home run. Errol, Errol. I couldn't take a break. But don't don't lighten up, though. It's going to happen tonight. We're going up 3-1 in Philly, baby. Hey, are you going back to Broad Street when the Phillies win? You going back to turn up? You know where I'm going. You know where I'm going. Look, tonight we're going to be 3-1. Sending them boys back to Houston. What a L. 
because we're going to get that dub. Let's go, Phillies. Okay, well, speaking of Philadelphia, the city of brothers. Ew. Sorry, that was a home run. Ew. <laughs> Jalen Hurts, he's been throwing them home runs himself. Ben Ball and Eagle 7-0. Jalen Hurts, clearly he's a part of the success, a huge part of the success. Remember, this is his third year, which means it is money time. An NFL insider said that the floor for his next deal has to be Kyler Murray's five-year deal for just north of $230 million. Yes, you did, in fact, hear that right. Shady, LaShawn, McCoy, you were paid big money by the Eagles, paid big money in the NFL. The Eagles' all-time rushing leader, so you know how it is to ball there. His Jalen Hurts earned a mega extension. A big contract has to come immediately. Howie, you hear me? We got to pay this dude. Last year, all my Bucks homeboys, right, they texted me because they had the Eagles in the playoffs. We're going to beat him up. Jalen Hurts, he's this, he's that. He's not that good. Oh, yeah? And they were right. They beat up on him. It's a whole other player this year. And not only do I know it, the Bucs know it, the whole team knows it, the world knows it. We got to pay this guy. With, with the quarterbacks, he's a young guy, right? So he has, what, two years, about two years left on this mm-hmm. deal? He's got one year left. One, on oh, one year left, year. right? After, after, this, after year. this year. Yeah. After this year. So my thing is, let's pay him. So that way, it could be, it's really what, four-year deal? It'll be a five-year deal. Guys like Kyler Murray's getting paid. Why won't we pay Jalen Hurts? Let's pay him now. Before that number gets up, 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 and then when that happens, you can't pay nobody else. He deserves it, and he earned it. Now, 2-5, I know that you speak from a place of passion. Let me speak from a place of a little more reality, if I can. If I can, if I can. If you will allow that. Uh, Jalen Hurts hasn't earned it yet. Okay. Why? I mean, we saw him in the playoffs, and he got the Eagles to the playoffs with nine wins last year. They got bounced. They're 7-0 right now. You've been a part of some great runs that did not necessarily end marvelously. That's true. I think about Kyler Murray. What did Kyler Murray do in Arizona? He went from a three-win team to a five-win team to an eight-win team to an 11-win team to the playoffs. Three and five right now. Three and five right now. I didn't I I forget. But what he had done prior to getting paid is like even Kyler had taken a three-win to an eight-win to an 11-win, et cetera. I just want to see Jalen Hurts finish it. I want to see him win playoff games. I want to see him take this incredibly talented team to a Super Bowl. Howie Roseman has done his job. A.J. Brown has done his job. Devontae Smith has done his job. Fletcher Koch, Brandon Graham, Hassan Reddick, they've done their jobs. Uh, uh, Chauncey Garner-Johnson, done his job. Darius Slate, Slate, done his job. All these guys, because they've all done their job. A lot of dogs. A lot of beasts. I need to see Jalen Hurts finish the job. Just finish. Super Bowl? At least win two to three playoff games. Personally, yeah, I'd want to see him get yeah, to yeah, a Super Bowl. But, but, I was, but real quick, I just want to ask this. So we're going to be eight. Well, I don't want to jinx. We're seven and oh. We yes, played. Sir. We played the Houston Texans. Wow, in, in scare quotes. Anyway, They're not even a team. Oh, no. So let's say let's just say we're eight and oh, yep. right? So where do we draw the line? We, we, we I don't know. We go what? Because we're not going undefeated. I don't think that can happen. Good. But let's let's give me a good number where you're comfortable. Like, oh wow. To me, regular season doesn't dictate pay. To me, it's postseason that dictates pay. Joy, coming to you, but why I say it's postseason that dictates pay, Patrick Mahomes, postseason pay. Josh Allen, postseason pay. Deshaun Watson, postseason pay. Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray, true. That's a great point. That's a great point. But I don't, and we will talk about that later, America. I don't think they should have paid Kyler Murray what they did and when they did. But Joy, chime in here. Has Jalen Hurts earned this mega extension? Yes. I I think a lot of these young quarterbacks have earned extensions. Jalen Hurts, Tua, Joe Burrow, certainly. Think Justin Herbert will get an extension, whether he makes the playoffs or not, just based off of talent alone. You want to pay young quarterbacks early. If you think that this could be your guy for the next four years, then pay him because you will save money and put yourself in a better position to put players around him. Going through this quarterback carousel sounds like a fun ride, right? The carousel always sounds like a fun ride when you get on it at first. It's like a sure. music playing and going up and down like, for girls. Know about we get our this. little selfies. <laughs> and then about eh, 30 seconds into it, you're like, this is all this does. We just keep going around <laughs> and up and down and around. It's, it's not the best ride. That's why you put little kids on it, because they seem easily entertained. But for people that have expectations, it's not the best ride. Don't get on the quarterback carousel. It's a bad thing to do. I understand that Howie is traumatized by what happened with Carson Wentz. You could have called me, Howie. I would have told you not to do that, but nobody wanted to hear it from me. Jalen has not only improved every single year as an individual player, he has become a part of that culture to Mm -hmm. me. When I think of the Eagles, I think of Jalen Hurts. I'm not an Eagles fan. That's a big deal. When you have a brand that you're building on top of it, paying attention to the business side of things while you're also winning, which support each other, that's important. Being a a good teammate, being a leader, being a face of an organization, you have all those things with Jalen, and you're getting the winning, and you're getting improvements. 
So to me, I don't. the only reason why I think this wouldn't be the case is because of the way that the Eagles are trying to do business, which is not pay a young quarterback. You can end up with a, a bad situation real quick playing that game. People get really terrified of the long-term deals, like the, oh, this is a big deal, $230 million. It's a four-year deal. Do you think he can, for the next four years, you have a window to win with this guy? Then pay him. Otherwise, you're going to get in a situation where you're overpaying him because you waited a year, and then something bigger happens, and yeah. then you're really stuck with a big, pay- a big paycheck, and you can't put other pieces around it. I got a lot to say on this, and I, I, love, I love part of what all of y'all said, and I think it all kind of goes together. Jalen Hurts has been phenomenal. Like, he is legitimately in the MVP conversation. You can't take that away from him. I think he's earned a lot of money playing quarterback in this league just in the future. Now, as far as the Eagles, I think you have to divorce yourself from all of that for the time being. You're halfway through the season. You don't get medals for leading halfway through a race, right? So, first of all, finishing it, you don't even have to finish it. It doesn't matter if he wins the Super Bowl. He has to get them to the playoffs and look like a viable quarterback. Like, he... He looked like the reason why the Eagles couldn't win a playoff game last year. Is that fair to say? Mm-hmm. He can't look – he cannot look that way in the playoffs in those types of games. I think he's capable of doing all of that. But what Joy just said is a big part of this. Like, the business of the NFL is absolutely ruthless, and few people are better at being ruthless than Howie Roseman. Well, I know. The Eagles are incredible at it. Like, think, think about this. Okay, y'all talk about Vic all the time, right? Going back to, let's say, like, the – 09, go back that far. They've gone from like McNabb to Vic, Foles, Wentz, now Hurts. Did I miss anybody? Not drafted. Kevin Cobb was in there somewhere. They've been relevant more often than not. Like the Eagles have only been awful one or two times in that whole stretch. And they've been churning through quarterbacks the whole time. So like, I don't think the Eagles would be afraid of doing that. Think about where Jalen Hurts was drafted. He's a second round pick. He's not a Joe Burrow or a Justin Herbert where you're like, man, we're going to look stupid if we let this guy go or if we admit that it didn't work. If Jalen Hurts never plays another down for the Eagles, that is a successful pick. We got two-plus years of good starting quarterback play out of a second-round pick. Way to go. We're geniuses. So all of that matters. And I don't say that to knock Jalen Hurts, but I think of any franchise, the Eagles want to be damn dead certain that he's the guy before they pay him, and which is why I think – he has to not only continue this for the rest of the regular season, but look like this guy in the postseason. Having said all of that, I do agree if he does that, let's even say, let's say they lose in the NFC title game. They don't even get to the Super Bowl. If you feel good about who he is and what he does, you got to pay him this offseason and get ahead of it because it, the price only goes up from there. Because Lamar's out there. Lamar is out yeah. there. I don't know, though, that the Eagles should or will commit based off feeling good. I think Howie Roseman, general manager, Jeffrey Lurie, they got to be sure beyond the shadow of a doubt. Joy's point, you might not want to be scarred because of Carson Wentz, but Howie will be. Like, he gave Carson Wentz $130 million, and then two years later, they're parting ways with Carson Wentz. Jeffrey Lurie literally wrote the foreword to head coach Doug Peterson. Doug Peterson has a statue outside of Philadelphia. Wrote the foreword to his book and fired him a year later. Like, It's cutthroat in these Philadelphia, South Philadelphia streets. I even think about this, not even uh, 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 with Howie. I remember Nick Foles leads the Eagles to a 10-win season, a 10-win season. Coming off a 4-win season and an 8-win season. You were part of both 10-win seasons. I was there as well. Nick Foles got traded for Sam Bradford, but it wasn't for Sam Bradford. It was actually for Marcus Mariota because Chip Kelly, coach slash general manager at the time, had an affinity for college quarterback Marcus Mariota, who won the Heisman. Eagles got two first-round picks. You got guys like Bryce Young out there. You got guys like C.J. Stroud out there. My thought process is, Shady, yo, if they look around and they see – Oh, we could use yeah. one of these picks to go get a guy. They might do that. I mean, dealing with Howie, that's always a possibility. He can always will and deal with them trades, right? And I think that the, the way our offense is built, it fits some of them young college quarterbacks, right? The only thing, even with that, because I guess all the, the RPOs and the slants and letting their, our guys go out there and make plays for the quarterback, the only thing is, like, it's viable time. Like, now you got to start all over again. Like, Jalen Hurts, where he is right now, he was nowhere close to that last year. So now you got him at this level where he's, he's, he's in my opinion, he's top three playing mm-hmm. right quarterback now. at the highest level. So you, you, you pay this guy. But you say start over. In start Philly, over. it hasn't been a long reset process. Nick Foles, 10 wins, 10 wins. Then all of a sudden you draft uh, uh, Carson Wentz. 
2016, you win seven. 2017, Carson Wentz's second year, you win a Super Bowl. Okay, you move off of Carson Wentz in 2020. 2021, you go nine and eight with Jalen Hurts. Mm. 2022, you're seven and oh. Like the yeah. start over saying, process. But, but the Eagles are, they're is, very rarely sorry. Like the, they're usually relevant. But the thing is, like, so, so okay, this is my, my, my question to you. You build all this stuff up. You got the secondary popping. You got the D lineman on fire, right? You got, you got these wide receivers that's doing their thing. And, you, and then now you're going to go get a new quarterback? How do you think – what's the message you send to the players? Hold no. on, let me finish. The message you sent to the players. Oh, man, like, are we rebuilding? What are we doing? You think, you think they're going to be pissed off? You think A.J. Brown, who's making hundreds of million dollars, he's he going to be happy about that? Devontae Adams? Also, are you, are you not playing a dangerous Smith? game <laughs> with this? Say you're what? not playing a dangerous game yeah, with this? come on, man. Yeah, you've gotten you lucky, right, essentially. Is it luck? Because how he, he ain't missed. Like, okay. Nick Foles, I'm just Wentz, saying, keep, Hurts. Keep playing that game. Look at the draft class of Trevor Lawrence and mm-hmm. Justin Fields and Zach Wilson. Yeah, does. Not Trey Lance and them. Not yeah. Trey great. Lance. There you go. There's a lot of guys that win that draft. There's a lot of development we're still working with here. So keep playing that game if you want to. You see, you're a genius until you're not. We all considered Bill Belichick to be a genius for a very long time. We've had several conversations oh, about how, how far that genius has stretched now that he doesn't have the talent to make it happen. I guess my question, and Dave, take it home after this. You can either have four good years of hurts and you're locked in, or I think in the mind of the Eagles, and Eagles consider this, you could potentially have eight more years of a cheap QB. Because you got hurt for cheap this year. You could have hurt for cheap this the next year. This is not football, you, But man. that's what Howie wants Which, to be. Which, yeah. He said, I Some want a quarterback First of all, so, and, and another he thing. He said that, not my words. When the last time you been in Philly? Uh, this offseason. When the last time you been in, in Philly? June. Uh, last year. Let, Several years ago. Listen, I, went, I go there all the time. Jalen Hurts got the whole city on fire. You say one thing bad about him, it's a wrap for everybody. Like, so my thing is, like, you don't want to play with the, 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 with the culture. You don't want to play with, the, with the, the atmosphere of the Philadelphia city. They love him. Shady, but I'm you telling know, you, you I'm know telling that you. means something, but you firsthand know better than anybody nobody in likes, the world. Nobody like, no, 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 nobody like Chip Kelly. I'm saying people fact, love you. What, what I'm saying is with the Chip Kelly thing, yeah. they hated him for that. True. Okay. So my thing, Howie, they love him Howie right but now. But they get over it. They, yeah, ha- they hated Howie. They, they hated they, Howie. They hated Howie as recently as a him, year ago. They get rid of him. If they get rid of him, not get rid of him, but they try to, they might get rid of him. So, so you're saying with the Howie, if they trade with them trades or whatever it is, them picks, and they get rid of Jalen Hurts, that city be on fire, man. I agree with you, but also always keep in mind, like, you're only as popular as how much money you're costing the team and how well you're playing. Like, and I think this will continue. Like, the Eagles are loaded. Again, Jalen Hurts is good. I think he, he will play his way into a contract, if I had to guess. But if they falter, if he's the reason why they lose a playoff game, what if the Eagles do what the Cowboys did last year? Cowboys, glad you said that. So Dak can get paid for going to playoffs and not winning no games. Go, go Have a couple good stats, a couple I mean, of yards, Kyler's but we really, can't get paid. Kyler is really the best example. Come on. Because Kyler. Kyler went to the playoffs and did not win. And got and, dubbed and, on. And, and, yes. Dak's so not a good example? He's the best example. Why is Dak not? Dak's, done, Dak's, Dak's done more than Kyler. Yeah. But I'm, I'm saying. But you're saying like. D- Jalen has essentially accomplished to some degree what Dak yeah. has accomplished. Like, Dak's 1-1. Well, Dak is actually a great example because Jerry Jones waited and paid Zeke first, and now everyone feels that Dak is overpaid. Well, so I'm saying to, I'm saying to get paid in general. If you want to get paid and you want to pay your young quarterback, you should pay them early. Also, for whatever it's worth, Dak went through hell and back to get that deal. I mean, it was a two-and-a-half-year yeah. Dak got tagged and tagged. He yeah. ain't just giving him money. We're all still overcoming. <laughs> yeah. he, had to, he had to earn that. Uh, coming up, Shady, you better get ready, big dog, because it's time for Crazy Work, everybody's favorite TV segment. And Shady got to tell us which NFL player gave out the craziest work and gets the prize. That's next. We, we got to get better highlights. Where's my highlights? You know what I mean? I'm dancing. Where's my highlights at? McCoy takes it. Hey, they know they can't do anything with you. Shady's gonna score. Shady's gonna score. That boy's so silly, man. Call out on three. One, two, three. Touchdown. Touchdown. Shady McCoy. family this is literally my favorite segment of the week it's Uh-oh. time for shady mccoy okay. Okay. to talk about who gave defenders crazy work now crazy work is making defenders look silly shady did that better than anybody in the national football league in my time playing so shady you got a five person countdown get us started who's the number five okay crazy work at number five we going to d hop mm. arizona now you know the hop for some time we he has to it but he's back he had 159 yards and a touchdown. But look at this, though. This is Harrison Smith. Now, this is not no rookie. This is not no backup. That's an all-pro. 
Now, Kyler, if you can't find them, just throw somewhere. I don't need two hands. I don't need five fingers. I need three. Oh, give me that. That's called crazy Ooh. work. Okay, okay, okay. Where we at? We're going to number four. We're going to Nick Chubbs. He is the best running back in football. Okay, Nick Chubbs, he had 23 for one-on-one. But let's look at this right here. Let's look at this one. Ooh, okay, so we got a stretch out to the, to the right, right? He hands it off. Yep. Okay. Now check out the patience. Don't the patience. forget the camera. Too now check it out. Don't forget the camera. Now one thing about Nick Chubbs, he can run around you, he can run through you, he can step over you, or he can jump right over you. Nick Chubbs. That's crazy work. crazy work. Okay. We got a three, big dog. Number we got three. A three. We, we got Derrick Henry, the king Derrick Henry. He had, now listen, Texas fans, this is third consecutive game. We're having 200 yards and touchdowns. Now one thing about Derrick Henry, he can run you over, he can run this, he can stick on me, but he can make you miss. Left, right, left, right. Woo! Now that's crazy work. And Big Man can run his 245 yards, and he got some speed. Who we got it to, Big Man? Okay, dog. number two, I hate to say it, but Tony Pollard. Is he the number one running back? Is he the number two? Is he number three? Hey, I'm tired of looking at Derrick. Hold on, Tony hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Bring my boy you on. You gotta get De- Tony Pollard Bring my shine. boy on. You gotta get Tony, Tony Pollard shine. Bring him on. Now watch this one. Deep eye set, right? Zone scheme to the left. He stops for a second. Mm. We go behind Zach Martin. God, now, look, this, this is the crazy God. play right here. I got to give credit. Now, ladies and gentlemen, check this out. He makes his cut. Now, he sees the defender. He sees him. But he slows enough. Boom. Puts his foot in the ground. I did it a lot in my life. Tony Pollard was a great run, bro. Great run. Zeke, watch the spot. Okay. <laughs> number one. Who number one? Number, number one. one. They call him Axon Jackson. Lamar Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Let's check this thing out real quick. Now, can he throw the ball? Can he run the ball? He can do it all. Zone scheme, read, okay. He yep. takes it, he pulls it. Now, when you go on this fast, it's hard to make this cut. Ooh. He stops, he, he feels the guy. See, as a running back or a runner, you gotta feel the guy. He feels me, stops, comes out of it. Give me show one more time. Give me show one more time, please. Oh my God. Oh, and that's your dog, D Jack. One more time. Huh? You see my boy, D Jack, Axon Jackson, and Deshaun Jackson. Can we see the run? Look at, ooh, ooh, excuse me. Look, look at that. I can't make this up. Not too far. How do you do that? Too far. What Lamar get for being number one? Crazy work for being number one. Everybody agree number one? Lamar oh, yeah. Jackson. Easy work hoodies. Now look, Lamar, I'm sending this right now. FedEx. Deshaun Jackson told me this in your locker right now. Show me some love. Speak. Show us love. Crazy work. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Say to get back to the death, big dog. Get back to the death. Oh, we got the hoodie. We got the hoodie. Can we show this? Uh, I got to send my mom one. He was, okay. like, he was like this in his spot. It feels unfair that I just get to have one. Like, Lamar Jackson has to do all that. And I'm just like, over <laughs> oh, here. No, I, I earned this. I do crazy work every day. Every <laughs> that's, right. that's right. Yes, you do. <laughs> hey, all right, let's transition. That's a bad. That, hold on real quick. That yeah. move was crazy. Running full speed, and you feel me? You stop, and you spin in the midfield. Now, what was your go-to move? I feel like your go-to move was left foot in the ground, cut back right. I can't put a name on it or a finger on it, but I'll, say, I'll tell you this. The only runner I've ever seen to run like me is Lamar Jackson. Now, he's a quarterback, so it's different. But I'm talking about the, the, the spin, the move, to have your body going left, to stop, to go right, spin moves and all that. Like, we're, we're so similar. Dog. I'm, a I'm hot. I'm this, a is my fa- this is my, my favorite segment. Oh, mine too, man. <laughs> you're, okay. you're infectious. I love it. All right, we got to switch it up. Talk about the Cardinals and Kyler Murray. We just saw DeAndre Hopkins giving out crazy work. But Kyler Murray, well, he hasn't been. Cardinals off to a three and five start. Now, Kyler had three touchdown passes, but he also had two interceptions. He's on pace for his lowest career passer rating, and the Cardinals have the worst odds to win the NFC West, according to Fox Bet Sportsbook. Yo, I'm really worried about Kyler, but Dave, I want to hear your thoughts first. How worried should the Cardinals be about Kyler Murray? Well, I mean, I'm not trying to say Kyler Murray is playing well or that the Cardinals are good. I mean, they're two games below 500. Kyler had two ugly picks against the Vikings the other day. I just feel like the Arizona Cardinals have bigger problems than Kyler Murray. Like, he, he is a unique player. I, it, it was a – it's not a – Good unique or bad unique? Because unique's not necessarily a compliment. Good, good unique. Like, okay, do, we, do I need to rewind back to week two when he single-handedly beat the Raiders by, like, calling the offense and just running in circles around those guys? Or even – he did it against Minnesota. It's, it's not a memorable play. But this is a guy who can break contain on damn near anybody in the league and make a play. Like, he's dead to rights, gets away, and manages to run up the sideline sideline and fire off a first down pass to DeAndre Hopkins. It was the last possession of the game. It's a play that, like, I'm not exaggerating. Like, maybe two guys in the league can do it, and it's Kyler and Lamar. You should be able to build around the skill set that he has. And it, it's, it, it could be challenging. He's smaller. you got to worry about seeing the field. But I am not doubting this guy's talent. Like, he cl- 
His talent. Are you, like, why are you looking at me like I'm that? I'm looking at you like that for why this reason. No, no. The Cardinals have, like, they, they don't have an offensive line. No, I'm not here They didn't for have DeAndre Hopkins for, for the first half of the I'm season. Not here for this. Their big offseason move was nope. trading away a first-round pick nope. for Hollywood Brown, who's like, okay. I'm not at all here Come for this. On. The Cardinals have Rondell Moore. They had Hollywood Brown. They had the, they have DeAndre Hopkins You're back saying, now, now that okay, uh, Hollywood is gone. The first two names you said Rondell were Williams. cool names. And, like, not, no, Rondell, Rondell Moore is not – Here's why, here's why I have issue with this. You got Buda Baker in the secondary. You got Murphy in the secondary. For what it's worth, you still have leadership up front. J.J. Right. Watt is not the player that he was. You have leadership up front. Yeah. On the outside, you got James Conner when he is healthy. He's played five games this year. You got Robbie Anderson now who's just arrived, but forget Robbie Anderson. Rondell Moore, Hollywood Brown, DeAndre Hopkins. You had Hollywood. You didn't have Hop. You have Hop. You don't have uh, Hollywood. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses right. for Kyler Murray. You also have a coach that handpicked you and has given you everything you needed. Here's why you should be worried. I said before the season started, money doesn't change you. Money don't change you. Money just exposes who you really are. Kyler Murray got paid, and we just saw more of who Kyler Murray is. Cussing out your head coach on national television, even if that's passion, at least have enough discernment to realize that looks terrible emasculating the coach of the team on national television, at least have enough discernment to realize how bad it looks. Nah, this is a Kyler Murray issue, big dog. And I know the Cardinals are worried because they put an addendum in his contract that demanded he watch playing time. And if y'all don't know anything, just watch this clip of Patrick Peterson. Future <laughs> Hall of Famer, should be first ballot. When, Kyrie Mur when Kyler Murray gets intercepted, Patrick Peterson, oh, his yeah. former teammate, yeah, is mocking him. Mocking him, but how he's mocking him is so, is so telling. Number seven comes onto the screen and watch what he's doing. Y'all just watch at home. He's doing the video game, putting on the headset, the little Call of Duty headset and whatnot, and mocking him in front of the camera, letting the oh, whole he did, world. He did, he did all of it. He did all of it. Two different times in yeah. one celebration. He did all of it. So this is why I think they should be worried. Joy, let me get you in here first. Shady, I know you still got to recover a little bit, big dog. Yeah, hydrate. I'm hydrated. <laughs> get him, Joy. I'm not worried about Kyler Murray. Nothing's new with Kyler Murray. This is the same player he's been his entire career going back to high school. He's not getting any taller. His growth plates have closed. Fair. Kyler Murray's not growing any taller. I I'm not growing any that. taller. Kyler Murray's not growing any taller. Yep. This is how tall he is. This is his style of play. It's never changed. He was like this in high school. He's like this in college. He was like this last year. It's not new. You like wins and losses for quarterbacks. Mm -hmm. You believe they're a quarterback right. stats, Absolutely. right? I don't know if I'm all the way there, but I certainly think it matters. I think it factors in. His first year, 5-10-1. Not good. Rookie year. Okay. You're rookie. 8-8 eight and eight the next year. Mm -hmm. Year after that, 11-6, and six, go to the playoffs. They're 3-5 and five this year. He hasn't had DeAndre Hopkins for his first six games. Your number one receiver, particularly a guy who's out here giving crazy work, crazy work. is kind of an important player to have out there. Maybe you'll struggle. <laughs> Maybe you'll be 21st in passer rating without your guy for the first six games of the season. You can't just disregard that. He's a very big part of that offense. His record with and without him would show you that DeAndre Hopkins is essential to him. Guess what? Quarterbacks is a dependent position. They need number one receivers. You think Josh Allen likes having Stephon Diggs? You think sure Tua likes having Tyreek? You think Patrick Mahomes likes having Travis Kelsey? Likes having Tyreek? You need number one receivers. Justin Jefferson making an impact this year with Minnesota a little bit. Jamar Chase kind of important. You need your guy. I'm not defending Kyler Murray. I think there's some things he could be better at, and I adamantly disagree with the money thing. I'm definitely a different person now that I make more money. I'm not the son making more of what I was. The being in a different situation in your career changes you. I'm not the same person I was five years ago and five years before that. Kyler Murray isn't either. So is he slower to mature into the leader that we want to see? Maybe. But to me, you got to look at Cliff Kingsbury. What has he done to prove that he's capable of putting the right pieces around him? What is he, have they not completely gone off the rails at the end of seasons time and time again? But Cliff gave Kyler everything Kyler wanted, literally Every single thing. Kyler's out there with the first-round pick in Hollywood. He was out there with the first-round pick in Hop. He was out there with Rondell Moore. He was out there with James Conner. Like, Cliff has put and, an and offensive team what around them. Kyler was 9-5 and five last year, 8-8 eight and eight the year before, 3-5 and five this year. So he's record. gotten better. No, no, no. Don't go backwards. Go forward. He's gotten better every single year he's been. Except this one. He's 25, 28. And, and he hasn't had DeAndre Hopkins for the first six games. I just don't no. think you should be that bad if you are that good without – if you still got that many caps around you and an offensive mind. So, wait, real quick. 
You guys do agree he has some good weapons with him. The vi- when they're on the field. I'm saying, but D-Hawk was not there. He had some solid weapons. still has right? solid weapons. In my mind. They were there's worse a- from a talent standpoint than they were last year. Absolutely. And they reminded me a lot difference. of the Cowboys, honestly, just, in the way like that they this. didn't try to get better. When you play a quarterback like that, you, you believe in him, right? But when I watch him play, and I don't, I don't want to, like, be super critical of him because I said some things about him, and, and I think he's a good player. I think sometimes he does play trash sometimes, right? But when I say this, like, small things like, the gimme routes. I know you talked about his playing style since he's been the same size for all these years, but little man got to play on schedule. You, you can't win like this all the time. He does all this zigzag running around the backfield, throwing the ball. Like, you can't win like that. Andy Reid always says this. With, with good, talented quarterbacks or good, talented players, you got to go back and find what was good for them. What made them play well? I think they need to do more RPOs, right? Maybe get him out the pocket more. But he has to, he has to make better decisions. When I watch him play, he makes bad decisions. A lot of his picks... Be like, why is he, why is he throwing the ball there? Or sometimes when he r- does run around, there'll be a gimme, a pass, boom. Instead of hitting the target, he waits and wants to dance around. So I got to give him a lot of that blame because some of that stuff is on him. Now, I think D-Hop comes back and he helps him out. But another thing about this, this guy is like, when I watch Little Man, his attitude as a leader, his, 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 his body language is terrible. You ever watch it? Oh, it's like when, I, when you show that as the quarterback, not no flashy wide receiver, no flashy running back. You're the, you're the quarterback. When you do that, you, you tell the team, you don't, you know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, whatever. So he has to get better at that, man, he, he, to, to be a good quarterback. And last thing, for you to get 100, no, 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 it's, like, it's bottled up because I think he has a lot of talent. But we can't make excuses for this dude. For you, for you to have a $160 million deal and they to put in there, you got to watch film and tape, and you're the quarterback, that's terrible. Because the quarterback is supposed to watch the most film. If I don't know where I'm at on the, on the field, Yo, what I, what I got, Tom? What I, what I got, uh, um, Brady? What I got? Yo, you got, yeah. you, you the coach. I got I to, gotta, I gotta, like, put in your contract. I never got incentives, right? They never gave me incentives to, like, hit markers. They know I would probably hit them. But most players, they do that, you know? And one of his incentives and his contract was, like, to watch tape. That's terrible. That's bad. Well, speaking of leadership and coaching, the Brooklyn Nets are looking for both. Steve Nash is gone, but Ime Odoka allegedly could be taking over. We have to talk about what we think on that one next. It will get good. I'm available. (laughs) Shady McCoy from three. We got to move because the Nets fired Steve Nash. Well, they parted ways, at least that's a politically correct way of saying it. But now we're hearing the suspended Celtics coach, Emil Doka, could be replacing him. Woj reports a formal agreement could be reached as soon as today, and Udoka could be on the bench coaching the Nets road trip this weekend. Coming in hot, Shady, coming to you. Would Udoka be the right hire for the Brooklyn Nets? I think he'd be the great hire for the Nets, right? Udoka, sign now, baby. They need you. I think it's a great mixture. I think a guy that comes from a team who had superstars that couldn't get over the hump for, for, for a very long time, right? We always talked about how, well, not we, but everybody was saying how, well, can, can Tatum and Brown, Brown can they together. play together? Yeah. And sure enough, they did. They played very well. In this first year, team to the championship. Earlier in this segment, we were talking about, um, Joy was saying how, like, with the Nets, you need a, a, a superstar. You got superstars, but you don't have no culture. You don't have no, no coaching. They can bring that. He can bring that there. They need that. I think if he comes there, they, they respect him as a coach because he's coached great talents. And then and he, think about his, his future. Like, your first year, you go to the championship? And now you got KD and Kyrie and Ben playing defense? Man, listen, I don't know about off-the-court off the stuff. I know this on the court. He's the guy for the job. And come on, man. We're in 2023, 2022, right? We got to forgive, man. Let's forgive the guy. Give him a second chance in life. Come on now. Uh, Joy, coming to you on this email, Douglas situation, would he be a good hire? Uh, well, I mean, from all accounts, he's already hired and was hired before Steve Nash was fired. So this is this, this seems, great move, Nets. It seems reportedly to already be done. I mean, why not? Uh, everything Shady said about the coaching in, in Boston was true. Um, they went to the, the finals. They didn't win, of course, but they mm-hmm. went to the finals in his first year after taking over for Brad Stevens. They had the talent there and they were struggling last year. And we're able to get it together by and what we heard was that Ime was the catalyst for that happening. So. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think that there's a lot more to the situation in Brooklyn talent-wise than just Katie and Kyrie. Ben Simmons is still not shooting the ball, which is an essential part of being happen. on the court. <laughs> and then you have, I don't know, the whole rest of the bench to get together as well. They're overall not playing well. It's not just KD. KD is going to do what he does regardless of who is coaching. We've seen that. But it can't just be all Kevin Durant. So there's a lot to fix here. 
I, I don't think that Brooklyn is going to do it, even if Ime is there. Dave, chime in, sir. How, how can I forgive somebody when I'm not even 100% sure what they did? Like, that's like that whole th- this whole thing is just really weird to me. And like, and like, I go back to what I said yesterday. You take a team to the NBA finals, the Boston Celtics, like one of the winningest organizations in the NBA, really in all of sports, like an iconic franchise. You think they like to win? They were like in on that stage for the first time in forever. I'm sure it was really cool. And now he's not their coach anymore. They're like, no, we can't. We can't keep doing this. And and then after some vague platitudes, he's back as another coach. Like, I'm not even 100% sure what he did. I just know it was bad enough yeah. that the Celtics okay. were like, you got to move on, man. Right. You don't have to – you, you, you got to go somewhere else. That That's bizarre to me. Mm-hmm. And I like, like I said, I don't want to speak out of turn not knowing details. I just think that's really weird. And you add that to a really weird situation where everything about the Nets pertains to everything other than basketball – It doesn't sound like a fun time to me. Like, I'm glad that I don't cover the Brooklyn Nets. I'm glad that I don't have to be going to those press conferences every day because that sounds wild. I think Ime Odoka is probably the only guy who can get them right because Mm -hmm. he's also probably the only guy who wants the job. Like, think about it. You got to go – I can't even say coach KD and Kyrie. You're just going to be as title of coach, but I don't know if you're actually going to be allowed to coach if you're somebody else. You know KD and Kyrie don't necessarily love to be led. They didn't want to coach in Steve Nash. So Emei's taking the job probably because it's one of the few jobs he might get in the near future. And then also, as Shady said, he was dealing with Jalen Brown, dealing with Jason Tatum, dealing with Marcus Smart. If you figured out how to work with that big three, I say big three because Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, Jason Tatum trying to be a all-star, not all-star, superstar, and Jalen Brown has already been an all-star. If you've made it work with the trio of talent, one guy being uh, defensively oriented, Ben Simmons defensively oriented, right. and two guys who can give you 20 to 30 every single game, I think that that is a coach that works. Dave, you're giving me a look. I just, I'm, I take issue with thinking of big, Ben Simmons as part of a big three. That's the only thing. Oh, but it's not a big three at all. Yeah. And we're also completely disregarding that despite the fact that Brad Stevens couldn't get them over that real right. hump. Right. That's not a dysfunctional organization. Not at all. Now, here's what but I do they think. they have issues, though. I, what I do think issues. is this, right, is Ben Simmons has shown he has the ability to play at a high level. Fifth in the NBA yeah. in triple-double since he got into the league. He needs a coach, in my mind, who can empower and unpack that. Ime Odoka, from what I saw last year, he does a great job of empowering his players. Huh? Pritchard, I was like, how Pritchard got the confidence to take these kind of shots and get these kind of buckets? Grant Williams, how he Grant got the Williams, confidence yeah. to get, take these shots and get these kind of buckets. So while we say Ben Simmons is not a part of a big three, I do think somebody who has that kind of ability can be empowered to be great. Final and, thought. Yep, and I love what he did against the Nets in the playoffs. Like, he put, he put um, Marcus Smart on Kyrie one-on-one, and then he had all the help defense with Tatum, Gart, and KD. That was great because I haven't seen nobody do that to, to, to the Nets, lock them down like that. And the last part is, he come from Coach Popovich's his tree. Mm-hmm. So it ain't like he don't know what he's doing. You know what I'm saying? Like, he, he know what he's doing. He's shown he can coach. We've shown he can do it. His handle is business on the court. The question for him has always been off the court. Well, coming up, we are looking at the AFC top six seeds and trying to figure out who in God's name is going to make it in at the seventh spot. You know, it's a bunch of great teams, and that seventh spot appears to be up for grabs. Who's going to take that slot? That's next. He's talking about I can't be a point guard. Back up. Now, look, family, we're at the halfway point of the season, heading into week nine. The top six seeds in the AFC are already looking like locks a little bit. Okay, Jets, I'm giving y'all some love. So, anyway, we got to talk about who is going to get that final spot. All the top six seeds, they have five wins. That's why we've distinguished it. But then that seventh seed, it could go to a plethora of different teams. Yes, that's an SAT word. Anyway, coming out to you, Shady McCoy first. Who do you see getting that seventh seed spot? Is it the Chargers, Bengals, Colts, Browns? Broncos, where I, you at? I got the coach still on that, that spot. I really do. Yeah, they top, no, hear me out. Top 10 defense. They, they get JT back. John Patel, he's coming back. And then Shaq, um, Shaq, Shaq Leonard. Yeah, no, Shaq, Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard. Shaq Leonard just came back. So they want to win. If you watch the last couple of games, like they've been losing by, like, you know, um, a flying pass, yep. you know, fourth quarter, 15 seconds left. Like, they're, they're battling. They're playing good ball. Let me ask you this, though. Remember, they are starting former Texas quarterback, Sam Ellinger. He is a second-year quarterback, I believe. What do you think about the fact that they're committed to him for the rest of the season? You know what I love about that? Matt Ryan, who we all think has had a great career, very solid career, 
We talked about the money thing. They just paid this dude, but look, we trying to win now. Yeah. He's not playing good. We're going to put his old on the bench, mm. right? Put the young boy in and let him play. So that shows that they want to play. That shows you they're still competing. Keep in mind, Colts fans, Jonathan Taylor not practicing, at least not yesterday. He re-aggravated that in ankle injury, forced him to miss two games. Joy, coming to you, seventh spot. It's wide open. Who do you think takes it? I say this very reluctantly, but the Browns? Mm. are kind of sneaky. Mm. Uh-oh. They're kind of sneaky. Now, they're going to lose the next two games because they play the Dolphins and the Bills. Damn. But then <laughs> it gets a little lighter, Thanks. and they're getting Watson back against the Texans. And from there, if they can hang on, I could see them finishing the season out strong, and I can make arguments against all these other teams why it's not going to go that way. The end of their season is obviously the Ravens. But, is, I mean, Joe Burrow's never beaten the Browns. And outside of the Ravens, that's a, that's a light schedule for the rest of the, the year after he gets back. NFL so crazy. Deshaun, uh, Deshaun Watson comes back, and he's playing the Texans. Like, yeah. They know what they be doing. Oh, yeah, that, that, was, that was maybe a little bit on purpose, if I had to guess. Dave Hellman. Who you think gets that final spot? Okay, I'm glad you said it. I, I want to make, not to be mean, but like, we Jets, the Jets, the Jets were just locking in. Come on. They still <laughs> haven't played the Bills. They still got to play the Vikings and the Patriots again. They got the Seahawks. Like, I'm not, I'm not writing the Jets and Sharpie into the playoffs. But for the purposes of this, I'll say the Bengals, and I don't feel good about it after that game. But think about what this season has been for the Bengals. Like, they looked awful for the first two weeks. They slowly started getting, getting it figured out. I understand Jamar Chase is not there. That's a big deal. They lost him at the tail end of last week. They do still have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. Joe Mixon really not having a wonderful season. The running game is not there. But they have time to figure it out. They figured it out before and were rolling when Chase got hurt. With the amount of talent that they have and Joe Burrow, who has proven he doesn't need a great offensive line to get things going, I'm not saying they're going to, like, win out. But remember, they were mediocre right up until December last year, and that's when they caught fire. I don't know if it'll be that magical this year, but I trust them to get it done enough to squeak into the playoffs. I'll keep it quick because I'm with you. I like the Bengals as well, mainly because like of Joe. I do. I like the Bengals because of Joe Burrow. I like the Bengals because at the end of the day, you. if you got Burrow and you've been there before and Jamar Chase will come back, they didn't put him on IR for a reason. That's why I like him, but you don't. Why what, not? What did I tell you guys? What did I tell you guys? That they would the, make the playoffs. All right, so I'm sticking to it. Just, I look, I look right, right so far, right? In theory. I mean, <laughs> four, four, right. four, four. Four, four. four. Joy, let me come to you real quick. We got a few seconds left, a minute left. Talk about the Browns a little bit more. They did have a big win over uh, the Bengals just a couple days ago. You really think they can hang in the fight long enough? Because Deshaun would have to come back, and they might have to run the table to get in. Yeah. And, and that's, that's asking a lot because it's been a while since he's played NFL football. So they might be – you might even see them be a little shaky. But if they don't and they do run the table and they do win I, – I don't have their schedule up, but I know after the Dolphins and Bills, I believe they paid the Bucks, and then I can't – They got the Saints. They got the, the Commanders. They have, Steelers. That's the, that's the end of the season. I'm oh. saying over the next few games gotcha. if we can get the schedule. I don't know if we're going to get it. But my point is if they can hang on, it depends on how the rest of these seasons are going to go. I would say the Bengals. I love Joe Burrow. But they are going to be without Jamar Chase for several more weeks. Yep. And they just lost Louisier as well. True. For, for oh, the year. That's, right. that's, yeah, that's a big loss. Yeah. So, to me, like, the Bengals have a lot more going on right now than they did at this point last year, which is why they have hesitation. Now, obviously, we're disregarding the Broncos, and we haven't mentioned the Patriots the division either. Matters, and no one's talking about the Chargers. Yeah. But, yeah, that's the, the division must matter. It will be interesting. Jamar Chase, I need you to get on that DK Metcalf healing plan. Coming up, we have some family business to take care of. An interesting quote you are going to want to hear. Don't miss it. That's next on Speed. Come on. Let's check back in on our social life. Stephen Jones, Cowboys executive, said, look, if other um, if other teams' moves would influence them, he said, I would say no. We have to take care of our business and take care of our roster. We have to make decisions that are best to improve our football team. Dave Hellman, you know Stephen Jones very well. How do you feel about his comments? So the Cowboys made no moves at the deadline. I mean, it's to be expected when you don't make moves. It reminds me, you know, the Cowboys were quick to say in the offseason, you don't win championships in the offseason, you know, when all these other teams are making moves and they're not. Well, they don't win championships during the season either. So, I mean, I don't know. That's Joy, how do you feel about Stephen Jones? I mean, the Cowboys not making moves isn't terribly surprising. I'm way more concerned about the fact that the Packers made no moves. So, I guess they're saying, this is what it is, guys. Yeah. 
Fly, Eagles, fly. I don't talk about no Cowboys bull crap. Like, who do we listen to? Him, Jerry, Mike McCarthy? Who do we listen to? Who that's runs the, the show over that's there? That's the beauty of it, baby. Oh, man, There's like, about four of them. It's like a free-for-all over there. It's, it's like, fantastic. Everybody has all type of titles. Yo, that's it for us. 